Hello and welcome to a very special quarter century episode of what we're listening to. 25 big ones, baby. Um, <laughs> I am... For, for, for a moment, I was like, it's not our one year anniversary. No, yet. it's not. I'm cr- trying to figure out. <laughs> uh, my name is Josh. I'm one of your hosts. And with me, as always, is my good friend and BG medallion aficionado, Asher. How are you, sir? <laughs> you need to tell the listeners about um, the Australian playlist at some point. Oh, okay. We'll, we'll talk we about, about it a little bit after the quiz. Um, I, yeah, <laughs> I had trouble coming for the quiz, but I, have, I do have one. Um, uh-huh. In honor of the uh, recently re- announced retirement of French legends Daft Punk. Mm-hmm. So last year I gave you an album by a band called LCD Sound System, uh, mm-hmm. who are big fans of Daft Punk and uh, tried numerous times to work with them. And so I have a multiple choice quiz for you, sir. Um, oh, cool. Did Daft Punk and LCD Sound System A... Uh, get them to star in a music video. B, collaborate on a song together. C, never actually work together, but have a song referencing Daft Punk. Or D, open for them on tour. Um, I imagine it's C, getting like writing a song that references Daft Punk. That's your, that's your uh, final answer? I... Uh, by that tone, I'd say no. Uh, <laughs> that's that's the point of that question, actually. Maybe it's open for them. Did they open for them? Uh, no, you were actually right the first time. <laughs> <laughs> I shouldn't have doubted myself. Um, they have an... Uh, that's fine. You can still dock a point. Nah, they have a song called um, Daft Punk is Playing at My House. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually on their first album, but uh, it's okay. a... Stupid little tune that actually got them quite a quite a bit of attention, and they shot the music video in a style like a Daft Punk music video. Um, lots of like stop motion and repetition and that kind of stuff. Anyway, okay, I haven't seen a ton of music videos of Daft Punk's apart from the like anime one. Oh, really? The yeah, uh, just around the world one's very famous because it's like all the. Oh, all yeah. different musical layers, yeah, the and then they're kind of like walking up and down the stage in rhythm with the stuff. Anyway, yes, I do remember that. And you know the unofficial um, "better, faster, stronger, smarter" one yeah, yeah, yeah. with the hands. That wasn't commissioned by them, was not it? Not at all. That's just a fan video, and it has like eighty million views or something like that. It's very. It's so good. Yeah. I uh, because like I think it's a she. I can't tell. Like I don't know, but it's like a pair of hands. They managed to like. Yeah, I know. They managed to, like, get words across and, like, cutting in half words with fingers. If the listeners haven't seen that video, it's it's well worth a watch. Someone has just written on their hands the words, the lyrics to the song, but, like, in different parts and, like, half words. And then by moving their hands at different points, they've got the lyrics mm. coming up. I, I thought it was very clever. And you can see they've done a lot of times, I imagine. <laughs> Bit of smudging and stuff. It's, yeah. it's very cool. Anyway, sad to see Daft Punk go. The world is a slightly less funky place without them. Um, they are really funky for two DJs. Like, you know, they got, um, oh, who is it again? Uh, who did Sir Duke? Um, oh, Stevie Wonder? Yeah, they got him in for that big single and, and they always seem to write much funkier music than I'm expecting for like a French, yeah. like 
robotic duo kind of thing. So anyway. They've had a number of those helmets over the years. And I think the last rendition of them, they were about $65,000 a piece. And they had uh, yeah. like full emotive screens on them. They could like have words and emojis and that kind of stuff. It's such a great idea. I love it. Yeah. And yeah. The great reference that um, I think Jermaine Clement post uh, tweeted out was um, that scene from one of the Flight of the Concords albums. You know, it's like, <laughs> we want robot suits like Daft Punk. And, uh, and have you seen that episode where they've got these? <laughs> it's like a cardboard yeah. boxes instead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's this, um, the humans are dead. Yeah, yeah. It's that yeah, song about from the perspective of robots. So anyway. Daft Punk. Uh, Good quiz. Do you have any catch up, sir? Still fool me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, just a couple of quick things. Um, I had to laugh at your funny merch purchase. Um, Josh finally got his wish and got <laughs> himself a baseball cap from the Strokes video. Yes. Um, did you get just the bass clef or did you get both? I got both. Uh, <laughs> that's great. Anyway, so. I laughed at that, but it wasn't the only piece of tacky merch which came out recently. Um, Bier just released a bowling shirt. Um, have you seen this? I did take a look at it. It's pretty It's pretty horrific. And so his second piece of tacky merch, um, I thought that was amusing. Um, you sent me a, a Black Country New Road cover of the MGMT song um, Time to Pretend. Mm-hmm. Which which was really cool. I like the original a lot, but this was really cool to hear like neutral milk hotel levels of distortion on things. Um, I quite liked that sort of dirtier cover. Yeah, so that was fun. Yeah. Well, they did a good job of them. Yeah. Yeah, they did. Um, yeah, I've been really thinking about them a bit since last episode. I really, <laughs> I really liked that album. So anyway. Had- and lastly... In your head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, and I tried I tried to reference them and Scott Walker in that song, the the episode title with the one that wears sunglasses. Mm-hmm. So um the the last thing is I mentioned you put together an Oz Australian playlist on Spotify yeah. um for a friend, and we both had a bit of a listen to that and enjoyed some classics. Um so That'll be in the show notes again, but we tweeted it out if you're interested in like a Australian music 101. Yeah. Um, you can tell us if we missed any big ones, but yeah. My my friend made the mistake of asking me about Midnight Oil, which is um, a very old favorite of mine. I have the yeah. Blue Sky Mine on Tape um, that I would mm-hmm. listen to as a kid. Uh, it's just like iridescent blue tape, and it's such a good album. And so I put together basically every Australian kind of song that I enjoyed on a playlist. And I, I know I've missed some things, but I think I covered a lot of bases. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you were going for stuff you actually knew about. Yeah. That was your favorite. So, so there's no in excess. But I don't know. I think Australia's produced a lot of great music and it's okay to be proud of that. And I really enjoy the playlist a lot of the time. Mm. Yeah, I for- and I told Josh to put a few on there that he might not have heard of. 
Um, but in my mind, I remember growing up hearing on Triple J things like The Living End and Jebediah and um, um, what other ones were there? Just like, and then you've got John Butler. I don't think I put even John Butler on there, but like there's some really great Australian indie music acts and also non-indie music acts. There's some pretty amazing stuff out there. So, yeah. you know, we'll probably get to this another <laughs> another day. I thought about putting JBT on there. He is pretty good. Yeah, I'd like Zebra or something like that, mm. which is one of his big ones. But like, he's got some really good other tunes, and he's a fantastic guitarist. So, um, yeah. as for me, I probably mentioned mm. very briefly um, that the Grammys happened, and uh, <laughs> like every year, they are a sham. Uh, but my boys, the Strokes, did win Best Rock Album of the Year, which I think they deserve. So it's not a sham if somebody you like wins. <laughs> exactly. And then um, I had a bit of a listen to... Did you see Taylor Swift got, uh, got an award? <laughs> I think I went blind from rage very briefly after reading that she won the best album of the year. Um, yeah. I even listened to a little bit of the uh, Sun Lux album uh, Tomorrow's 2, a tiny bit that you posted about. Mm-hmm. Mm. I, I found it weirdly analog. Uh, like a lot of their stuff is in terms of instruments. Yeah, a lot of their stuff is usually like pads and keyboards and that kind of stuff. And this was more, even the percussion was a lot more, like like wooden taps and clicks and that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. They got a lot of extra musicians in for this one, like double bass players and and I think Ian did a bit of extra unusual percussion yeah, on okay. it too. It's pretty subdued compared to most of their stuff, I felt. Like, it's pretty downbeat. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was saying. That yeah. um, It's kind of like a bit of a lull in the Tomorrow's trilogy. Wow. Um, Tomorrow's 3 comes out soon, I think April. Okay. So, you know, we'll see. They've got the, I think I mentioned it, they've got the, like, triple vinyl deluxe set sort of thing. <laughs> it's like, be gone, temptation. Yeah. Just a picture of Gandalf and three vinyl discs. <laughs> uh, don't tempt me. Sorry, I'm, getting, I'm missing that reference. Don't tempt me, Frodo. Oh, I've been seeing so many memes of Ian Holm holding the, holding the ring. You know, it's like, after all, why shouldn't I? And it's like random things. It must be a resurgence of Lord of the Rings memes. Anyway. People have been stuck inside for a while. They're getting back to watching 13 hours of Lord of the Rings on DVD. You know you want to, Josh. I do. Um, (laughs) All right, let's go to the reviews. (laughs) Yeah, sorry. (laughs) Okay. So um, I've been listening to... My notes are short this week. I feel like I've been doing a lot of listening. Um, But I do do have a few thoughts. So I've been listening to um, an album by an artist called Soccer Mummy. Um, uh, Sophia Allison, I think is her name. Um, she's a Swiss born, um, American oh. musician, um, who I kind of encountered in 2016 or 17 with her like EP or something like that. It just came up somewhere on Bandcamp and I had a listen. It wasn't like, it didn't grab me a lot. And then the other, uh, a week ago or so you and I were texting back and forth, trawling through Bandcamp <laughs> And I came across her latest release from last year. Yeah. It was on the best-selling 
um, in Bandcamp. And I thought I'd give it a go. And I really, really enjoyed this album. Um, not a lot of the other people I've shown this album to have enjoyed it as well. So I don't know if it's just something in me that really? wanted a bit of like, uh, yeah, like, um, yeah, a few other people I've shown it to just said it didn't really do it for them. Did you enjoy it? I, yeah, yeah. I, I liked it a lot. I, this, okay. this may mean nothing to you, um, mm. but it's kind of in a similar vein as Tegan and Sarah. Who are a Canadian act, um, but it's like yeah, Tegan and Sarah, but without the Sarah. Uh, it's basically just Tegan. If that <laughs> okay. don't like Canadian people out there, <laughs> cool. I should check him out. I don't really know them. You know, it it um it's so Soccer Mummy is really drawing heavy on the mid thousands vibe. Mm-hmm. Like even in her latest performance, she's wearing like, um. And I don't know a lot about fashion, but I feel like <laughs> what she was wearing was of that era. She even had like kind of hair clips in her hair and like a, um, an almost Napoleon Dynamite-esque ponytail off to the side a little bit. Like it, it felt like she was who the girl from Napoleon Dynamite. I can't remember her mm. name. Um, it kind of was like channeling these vibes and it even got like on some songs like an Avril Lavigne sort of vocal, <laughs> vocal style feel. Um, and so I, I really liked it though, because obviously it's, it's written in 2020 and has certain levels of production and, and kind of like a, a cheeky nod to those times as well. Mm. Um, uh, I really love the opening song. So bloodstream, I may have played 10, 12 times <laughs> the past couple of weeks I've tried to listen to the album that much as well, but sometimes I get to start it and then I have to stop. The first three tracks are just amazing. Yeah. To me, they kind of sum up the album. Like you've got Bloodstream, Circle the Drain and Royal Screw Up. Royal Screw Up didn't grab me at first. You know how it's got that weird melody? I sent it to you. It's like not quite like in key chords, but she just pushes through. It's like this... And it really feels like, um, yeah, really feels like the kind of songs that were written about around the early thousands. Um, I don't know. Bloodstream is like my prime example of why tempo matters too. It's like the perfect tempo. She played it slightly slower on a live version and it kind of dragged. But in the album version, it's just this sweet groove spot. Mm. So I don't know how to describe the album but like it's got some really just really nice classic band sounds but done beautifully with Sophia's lovely vocals and that sort of thing so yeah I really really liked this album (laughs) it's it's kind of got the the interesting like color shades about it too um yeah there's some sort of thing about yeah yeah like color in this there's different colors and different vibes musically represent like different themes of mental health um that she's going mm. through i will say this is probably i nah I, I know a more depressing album about colors um from frightened rabbit but this is still pretty good um in that department i haven't listened to any frightened rabbit yet but i know they're good oh, they have a, they have an album called the grays and it's very depressing uh oh i think i do know that this no anyway keep going yeah Sorry. this is kind of like a quite uh, it's like the most emblematic 
version of like bedroom pop songs, um, mm. like original Ed Sheeran, but interesting. Uh, <laughs> it's because the mel- like the melodies aren't. All- You've always got like little burns <laughs> in your comments. The melodies aren't like always straightforward, and the songs develop in interesting ways. Like uh, the third song yeah. of the album is definitely my favorite. Um, yeah. Royal Scrub. Yeah, but I'm surprised this isn't a bigger deal. Like, this record is kind of... I, I, I'm surprised people don't enjoy it, is what I, I guess what I would say. It seems very easily enjoyable. I mean, I didn't show it to a ton of people, but I know that, like, I have taste in more moody, sad music. And um, my wife... Like, I... I um. The first song reminds me a little bit of Andy Shelf in the way her vocals are done and the melody and all that sort of thing. Yeah, okay. And my wife really doesn't like Andy Shelf <laughs> because he's so depressing. And I like I can put on his vinyl and just the first few strums, she's like, no, 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 please, not right now. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, I just love it. I don't know why I like it. And her, her tagline is like chill but sad, which it kind of sums up you know, the way she is. Some of her lyrics are pretty, yeah, like you say, pretty sad reflections, but her, her melodies are really beautiful. And especially on Bloodstream, she uses like the lower register of her, of her voice mm. really well. It just doesn't go where you think it will go. Yeah. So anyway, just give, I'm going to put those first three tracks on the, on the playlist, but give it a go. And yeah. if you really like those, then check the rest of the album out. There's some really fun, I like when there's like a guitar riff at the start and then that same guitar cuts out to play another thing. And like, it's like they didn't have enough musicians, <laughs> but it is a, it is, they do have enough musicians, just kind of a stylistic choice. And I like that sort of thing. So mm. anyway, weird comment to end on. <clears throat> what have you been listening to? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, I took this opportunity to actually talk about a band that I've been listening to for a while. Um, but this is kind of an anniversary of theirs. So I've been listening to a band called Hers, um, mm-hmm. who are two piece from Liverpool. And uh, two piece, yeah. I wanted to sh- wow. show them some love because this is actually around the two year anniversary of uh, them passing away um, from a car mm. crash while touring in the states. Um. Yeah, I and their manager died too. Yeah, the man- manager as well. That's pretty rough. Um, yeah, so I uh, I love this band uh, a lot. Uh, from like the machine program drums to like the arpeggio guitar mm-hmm. and the surprisingly deep voice from the main guy, and then just the mm-hmm. uh, the the jubilant Rickenbacker bass playing. Um, it's so much fun. These guys kind of have this uh, infectious joy when they play music together, and it's such a, uh, a a refreshing take on like the dream pop genre. Yeah, that's what I. Th- I mean, I was even like dream rock. Yeah, like it's a bit heavier. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. So, so these these guys uh, have two kind of big releases. Uh. One's one's more of a, a actual whole album. One's kind of a half EP. But I. Mm. I recommend them very strongly. It's just kind of fun, clever music uh, for me. It's one of those, like, I wish I could write songs like this moments. Uh, Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
I don't know. I, I like should mention like their sounds. They're constantly changing genres and stuff, right? Yeah, they're really creative. I think mm. um, I think the guitar player and singer was a drummer in another band as well. So it's kind of how they get around having all these programmed sounds. He knows what he's doing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't have a ton to say, ton to say about this. I just, I just love this music and I, I think people should pay more attention to them. <laughs> yeah. So I got to listen to the start of both of those releases that you sent me. Yeah. Um, and it really feels like a mixed bag of different sounds and vocal styles. Do both of them sing? Because I, I feel like the style of singing changes between some of them. Like there's like a Rufus-y almost sound on some of the tracks and yeah. others are pretty like low and gruff. And It's it's just the, and just like the same the, guy. Wow. It's really interesting. I I need to well, – I, I gave it one little listen through the beginning, but I was kind of impressed in how varying they were yeah. with instrumentation and orchestration and arrangements and that sort of thing. So – um, yeah, I'd never heard of them before. Um, I'm very sad to hear about their passing, but I, I would like to check these out a little bit more because two pieces are always really fascinating yeah. with how they work around stuff. And it, and it's more than just like, oh, these guys won't be able to make music anymore because they're super young and obviously a mm. life means more than that. And it's sad to see this kind of thing happen uh, on tour. Mm. I, if, if you're looking to start somewhere, the songs, um, Harvey or what once was are a good place to start. They have like more upbeat songs that people kind of get drawn in by, but I really enjoy some of their slow stuff on the, on the back half of some of these albums. Those kind of little more melancholy things. Mm. Those are actually the ones that stick with me more a little bit after time. Mm. Um, yeah. Uh, have a mm. watch of their uh, paste studio performance in New York. You can kind of get a vibe for how much fun they have together. Uh, okay. Yeah, I'll do that. the The bass player does not stop moving, <laughs> and he plays a Ricky. So. Yeah, he plays a uh, super high, you know, nipple riding, just like jamming out yep. the whole time. It's so much fun. That's great. Nice. Thanks for bringing to them to my attention. Yeah, they have a, they have a very small but dedicated community. So I I've, I guess I would consider myself one of them and bring them some love on the, the wild world of the internet. Um, I'll just explain for the listeners who um, aren't sure. So last week, uh, Josh and I um, have a little, every now and then we're going to do a little special episode where the homework is decided in a different way um, and the theme or something. So this past week, we had to find a random Bandcamp album um, using a little generator um, code thing that, what well, website that I found. And Josh and I just, we, we actually weeded out a little bit of the craziest stuff that came up. Um, Josh wasn't probably keen on like long form, 32 minute ambient stuff, which came up for him that I had no idea what the artist was, but um, we found each other something that we would review. And I must confess, like, I, I feel like I have spread myself very thin and listened to a lot of random little bits and not gone very deep with my homework, but mm. I have a couple of things to say. No, no. Um, do you want to tell, should I tell them what you gave me? I can, I can talk about it a little bit. Well. I can talk about it a little bit, I guess. Okay. Um, so sure, yeah. there's also a high chance that neither of these albums will be on Spotify uh, for our <laughs> yeah, playlist yeah, later. So the, I th- 
Um, out of the <laughs> many options we have for the randomizer, this is probably the second most likely one to get us something from like a dead band, essentially, or like a, a defunct yeah. uh, musician. Um, Both of these are dead, I think. Yes. <laughs> oh, Asher uh, received the most recent album from 2016 from an American singer-songwriter called Jenny Gillespie. And mm-hmm. I've given it a couple listens. Uh, so I'm kind of curious what you've what you made of it. It kind of gave me like a 70s folk vibe, but like a little more rough around the edges. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like I listened through it a few times and it was nice to listen to while I was working. It's very like relaxing, kind of folky sort of. Um, it's uh, Jenny Gillespie, female vocalist, pretty standard band arrangement, you know, acoustic guitars, mm. Piano, drums, bass, sort of thing. Nothing like out of the blue. But there is, her melodies can stick in your mind. And I actually woke up this morning again with her melody for His Innocent Voyage, which is probably the fa- my favourite track on the album. Okay. It's um, it's just got a very nice piano part and it's this, this lovely high kind of head voice melody um, that she does. And I was, I was really impressed. I thought, okay, cool. Like that's a really nice standout track. And you have like some lovely songs on this album. None, none of the others really stood out to me. And I had a bit of a problem with the like way that she records piano. (laughs) You know, when like, when I'm recording, I can use like MIDI, the MIDI Steinway in Logic as a, as a filler, but I'm, I'm not going to keep that but it kind of felt like she kept that and it just sounds a little bit too um, mechanical. And I think she would have benefited from actually having a acoustic piano in there. Um, just to kind of like <laughs> make it sound a little... ugly ahead. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even notice I that whatsoever. Think... Okay. To me, that's, I mean, maybe because I've recorded a little bit of piano before and the difference is just massive to... Like when you listen to Sufjan Stevens' piano recordings on like Illinois, mm. they are just so beautiful. I don't know how he does piano, but it is like my favorite recordings of piano. Okay. I mean that and things like Keith Jarrett and stuff, but I just kind of felt like she was on the border of being a bit more like woody and acoustic, but that kind of held her back. Mm. Um, she reminded me a little bit of Lorena McKennett, who is a... Um, uh, she she's probably from the UK, um, folk singer. She does a famous version of um, the Lady of Shalott, um, and she's a harp player. and And it kind of had those same vibes to it, but uh, mu- with much less kind of um, traditional instruments. Anyway, I, yeah, I don't have much else to say about it. It's very sweet, and if you're looking for something that you could have in the background that's kind of like very pretty, go for it. Yeah, yeah. I um, I found some of the songs a little more. I don't know. I found them interesting because they weren't so monosyllabic as you would find from like a indie singer songwriter folk singer kind of like the mm. the temptation for a lot of those people. I think is to have very kind of one avenue songs, and these often changed a little bit more than I was expecting. Yeah, yeah. And here's in the innocent voyage, just like the second last song. So like, you know, she didn't even start with that kind of strong one. And so I thought, cool. Yeah. She's developed. And I'm glad I listened like 
thoroughly because I would have missed it if I'd just kind of given a first few tracks listen and gone, eh. But, um, yeah, she does seem to have done some things which are a bit different. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I, on to your review. <laughs> you show me. So I, um, one of the first good ones that came up for Josh was uh, this band called the Cryptoids from Bakersville, North Carolina. Um, they are also finished up from what I can see, or mm-hmm. well, they have one album on Bandcamp. They have a Reverb Nation page. Do you remember Reverb Nation? <laughs> um, anyway, so this is a, yeah, it's like an album. Um, and to my best, very quick assessment when I get sent it to Josh, I was like, it kind of feels like a Paramore. It's like punky sort of vibe yeah. with female vocals. Um, and I had a listen to it but I'll save my assessments for later on. But what did you, what did you think? Uh, yeah, this is definitely a bit of a blast from the past. Though though this is made in 2016 though. Yeah. Though this is made in 2016. This is much more of like a 2011 kind of power punk album. Um, yeah. Yeah. So around this like 2010s era of punk music, you have two really big, musical styles start to meld with the punk genre and you have like mainstream mm-hmm. emo music like my chemical romance and fallout boy and a little bit paramore and then you have like big arena style punk music like you know green day and japan droids and that kind of stuff really big sounds um and I don't know, it's kind of like a sliding scale. And I think these guys are a little more on the arena kind of side, a little less on the emo side, but they musically sound to me a lot like early fallout boy, actually, which is exposing myself a little bit, but they, uh, I don't know, like a, a lot of like kind of pop punk anthems are, are to be had on this record. Um, okay. Yeah. It, but without like the, like desperate relationship problems that like emo music has. Um, yeah, I didn't listen as closely to the lyrics, but it did feel like, yeah, there was some like pop punky sort of, they were going for that vibe, hopefully trying to make a hit and that kind of thing. (laughs) Yeah. This definitely reminded me of like going to warp tours and just like seeing bands on stage that I'd never heard of before. Just like kind of going for it with, you know, their, you know, punk songs. He was like, yeah, okay. You know, this is, uh, I feel like this is the band that I would have liked to have seen live. Yeah, definitely listen to it. This yeah. is like the, the, the quintessential kind of fun local band you want to know. Um, so you can like yeah. go to their shows and like get in the mosh pit and just like yell the whole time. Cause it's like the kind of, <laughs> the kind of guttural kind of fun emotion that punk music kind of possesses. Um, yeah. I feel like it probably didn't capture them properly on this album. Yeah, I mean, that's always been a, a hassle for punk music is getting recorded properly. Trans- translating mm. that kind of uh, genuine emotion to recorded music is hard. But yeah, I think, yeah. I don't know, there's, there's, some, there's some good ideas on this album, but none of the songs are particularly amazing or stand out. I think... Mm the drums could have been recorded better or at least produced better. They're kind of weakened in the background. And with this kind of music, 
you need them to be super prominent. Like, I mean, you're like a different version of texture snob for me <laughs> than me. Like, it, like, so like a, you're like, it needs more rhythm and movement, more drums. <laughs> so I, I often think this is an image that a buddy of mine gave me one day and I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Punk music is kind of like a car, like a car engine. Um, mm. And you have like the lyrics, which is like the driver and like the bass or the wheels, which help it go a direction. But the engine is the drums. Those are the things that like make the punk music like move yeah. and groove. And so you need those to work properly. Like if you, if you listen to like, I don't know, like a Green Day album, like listen to Nimrod and you like just tone down the drums for the whole thing. You're like, this sucks. Like, like nothing here sounds proper, but you know, you, you boost those up and you hear Trey Cool's parts. Trey Cool, yeah. right? Yeah. Like they're super. He's amazing. They're, they're super important to punk music, I think. So. I think that's why Green Day, despite their juven, juvenality, juvenile nature, yeah. like I've managed to kind of keep going, I reckon is because of um, Travis, right? <laughs> Trey Cool, Trey Cool, yeah. Trey Cool. No, in, yeah, sorry, about, you, I meant to Blink 182. <laughs> yeah, I meant Blink 182 have managed to keep going because of their their drummer. I mean, they are really good writers as well, like um, Tom and Mark. Well, no longer Tom, right? But anyway. Um, I, I agree with you. I, I think the drums are very important when it comes to punk and even if it's pop punk sort of thing like this is. And you've kind of summed it up. I feel like it's it's nice, nothing really new, um, not not particularly imaginative, but kind of fun to listen to. I had fun anyway. Yeah, it definitely got me going through my collection of like old 2010 emo music um which was really just you know uh, an adventure to go back through that's that's what i'll say about that it's certainly yeah. it's <laughs> certainly a mood to itself <laughs> yes yeah it is I, every, I get that feeling every time i listen to like um yeah green day's like warning yeah. album and um yeah it's it's really kind of, i always thought that green day were from the uk because of um, of warning. I feel like some of their stuff was not, didn't feel like it was American punk. Um, something about the vibe of that album, particularly, I don't know, just shows how little I knew really, <laughs> but, um, and then American anyway, idiot comes whatever. out next. <laughs> it's like, Oh, right. I actually stopped listening to them after that. I really didn't listen to American idiot and anything past it's that. It's interesting. So. Um, I, I think yeah. you, I think you're kind of correct though. I think if you were to classify it, now we're on a Green Day tangent. Warning is a little more like a Clash album than a Ramones album. If that makes any sense to okay. you, um, I don't know enough of either to really agree, but <laughs> I'll trust you on that one. One day I'll get you to listen. I really to like Green Day, actually. Yeah, I just felt like some of their songs because they're like different they're like some of them are in compound time and and some of them have like uh you know misery do you know that song misery and it's like really different like felt like something from eastern europe sort of feel and i just thought they were quite inventive on that album particularly so if you listen even even though you have sorry no sorry um if you compared warning to their other album called insomniac i think it would show you how different it is yeah. That's a much more uh, straight so up I and had down. Two albums, I had um, 
Warning, and I also had their international super hits. Oh, yeah. So I got a little taste of the older albums through that. But, um, you know, songs like Maria are just beautiful. Is that off Dookie or I can't remember what album that's off. Yeah, it's, it's um, been a long anyway, time. Anyway, it has been a long time. Every now and then I put that album on for like a little blast from the past sort of nostalgia <laughs> trip. But anyway... Yeah, that was that was fun. That was interesting doing these random albums. We've got more little uh, things on the wheel oh, yeah. to come up later, and uh, and ones that we can curate a little bit more. <laughs> I yeah, so so much potential for so much work. So I think the first album I picked, I, I got picked for Asher was a sludge metal album, uh, which was predominantly about bread. And the songs were like 12 <laughs> to 18 minutes long. I was like, this is nonsense. I can't. You should have just given it to me. I might have actually enjoyed it. Oh, I don't even know what sludge metal is. And I mean, does it speak for itself? Yeah, it kind of does. Anyway, honorable mentions. <laughs> so funnily enough, this is a few weeks ago. I don't really remember tons about it, but when I was doing stuff for the the blog post, I found there's a band called Scott Four. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I had to listen to their only release on YouTube and it wasn't bad. It's kind of like weird, like experimental sort of bedroom music. Yeah, like guitars and stuff. Not bad. Scott Four, check them out. They're a band, not an album. <laughs> um, also, I was going to review and listen to Architecture in Helsinki. Mm before because we were talking about um play school and architecture in helsinki covering some songs and i just didn't quite get into it it's like electro pop stuff but it just didn't grab me as much as like um art versus science or um the presets so i was like okay I'll, i'll leave this but you know worth checking out i might chuck a song on the playlist um Half-Handed Cloud have a new little demos album out. Mm-hmm. It was the 15th anniversary of their album Halos and Lassoes. And um, John Ringhofer released uh, a demos album. He seems very meticulous in his demos, you know, creating it almost exactly as he does on the, the recording, but with slight changes. Okay. And um, I saw someone else comment on it, and I agree with it, that it's really interesting hearing the differences and the things which are highlighted in the demos but not in the the studio version, like certain melodies which get pushed more back into the mix in the final version are more in the front sometimes in the demo. And you can sometimes hear the individual parts a little bit more because I think it's all recorded onto tape, um, like four-track sort of stuff, so it kind of feels like you can dissect it in your mind and hear like, What's he, what each thing is doing. Mm. He always has really interesting bass lines too. Um, not very typical bass playing, like not, you know, um, yeah, like kind of more melody based. So anyway, I thought that was really interesting. Um, you missed seeing Bier live, didn't you? I did. Well, it was like three in the morning. <laughs> yeah, I know. Sorry. Um, so Bier, he, I think he did post it in full. Um, you can look it on Instagram, but Bier had a live concert, which I was very sad that I 
couldn't get to Adelaide to go and see. Um, and he played the entirety of um, Now There Are Some Things That Will Change. Um, and it was really cool to see live. Yeah. I, like there were a couple of little issues of like backing tracks and it was filmed on a phone. So like it wasn't the best recording quality, <laughs> but they played some, they did a really, really good job, particularly in the like transitions and like mood of songs. So like when I've seen Sufjan, his band is so good that like they have all these added bits to songs and transitions between and like these kind of like atmospheric sort of playing around with sound that lead into other tracks. Yeah. And like Bier did that. He had some like really good musicians, saxophones and string players and this dude on these crazy modular synthesizers, like tons of keyboards and electric guitars and stuff like that. It was really impressive actually. So, yeah. It is fun. And he also, I just saw this morning that he got a song on Grey's Anatomy. Yeah. Which is very cool. Um, was it him? Yeah. Yeah. It's not one of my faves, but I'm glad oh, it worked. Shame on you. It's one of my faves. I didn't like it as much. I didn't like it as much as the other. So anyway, <laughs> but I mean, that's, I, th I thought he was joking at first and I'm like, wow, like this is legit. So props to him. Yeah. Um, the last thing was that he did like he managed to pull off some parts of the album that were really hard, like the auto tune stuff all went really, really smoothly. Mm -hmm. And, um, and he had this other guy who did the high part on, um, love theme and it was really cool it was just great to see like how these songs are done live so and he seems to have some other song in the works or something like that he's doing more recording so cool yeah stuff very exciting good yeah um uh i have it's just a couple of quick ones <laughs> i've been listening to an artist a couple more civilized creature an album that kind of came out of the blue, recommended through Friends of Friends. Um, not a sound I usually listen to. Like it felt like it was a bit more like hip-hoppy vocal style on top of like electronic-y music. So anyway, I'll put a song in the show notes. Really interesting time signatures and stuff. Mm. Civilized Creature. Pretty interesting. Um, I watched a second live concert these past two weeks. Um, a guy called John Van Dusen. Um, oh yeah, he's an American singer songwriter, Christian guy from Washington state. Um, and I've enjoyed his stuff in the past. It was actually John Ringhofer of half handed cloud who posted his stuff a few years ago. And cause he was on one of the albums. Um, and he's kind of like, um, pop punky sort of, no rock pop sort of thing. Um, and he's, He's written these three, this three part album so far. It's called, um, uh, um, what's the songs called? Sorry. Um, I am origami part one, part two and part three. And I've been listening to his part three one after the live concert. The live concert was very good, very well recorded, great performance. It kind of gave me a new respect for his singer songwriter abilities. Like, <laughs> Unfortunately, his latest album is hidden behind some production. And I think that he's like a really, really good performer. And his previous album, part two, 
um, was like kind of home recorded. And then part three came out on Tooth and Nail Records. And I feel like it got a little bit overproduced in the mm. process. And it made me a little bit sad because like I really enjoyed the raw sound of I Am Origami part two, Every Power Wide Awake. And then part three, A Catacomb Hymn, it felt like something I was listen- I'd listened to like when I was a teenager listening to Tooth and Nail Records. So anyway, that's just my opinion. Take it or leave it. It's up to you. But um, I really did enjoy the live concert and I was just, yeah, I think he's a really good singer and a really good songwriter and he's very thoughtful. So I'll chuck a couple of tracks on the playlist and you can tell me what you think. Mm. Um, <laughs> Any more? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> more. <laughs> okay. Um, I've been listening to a very short listen to a new album by an experimental composer called Dave Skipper. Mm-hmm. And so this this album is a noise uh, modular synth album <laughs> reflecting on the book of First Kings. Um, so it's pretty out there. He lives in Japan and this album is like the titles in Hebrew. It's called Elijah. And it's pretty wild. It's like very intense sort of noise, almost borderline <laughs> harsh noise. Um, so I'll, I don't think it's on Spotify, but I'll chuck a link in the um, the show notes and I might review it more later. I don't know. I'm still listening, but it's a very interesting concept. So, yeah, I, I have more, but I'm going to leave it there <laughs> because I think I've talked too much. So what are your honorable mentions? I expect nothing less from you, good buddy. I, uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, to warn you, all of my honorable mentions are punk based. Uh, thanks to yeah, the it. album you gave me. Um, <laughs> first off, uh, my boys, uh, Fiddlehead, uh, are back. They're an alt punk band from Boston. Mm-hmm. Uh, their last album, Springtime and Blind, is one of my favorite albums, period. Um, so I'm super stoked that they're making another album. They're kind of, uh, how do I put this politely? They're, they're kind of like over, over the hump musicians in some way. Like they're all guys in like their, I'm assuming late thirties, early forties with jobs and families and that kind of stuff who are in yep. bands like 10 years ago. And now they're kind of coming together and making music. And so it's always a bit mm-hmm. of a coin flip if they're going to keep doing stuff. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So for me, Fiddlehead uh, encapsulate perfectly the kind of um, like chest beating, heart pounding, emotional rebel yell that comes from like punk music after the nineties. Like it's not pretty or like catchy, but it's like sweaty and like raw. And I love it to pieces. These guys are so good. Um, yeah, the, the vocalist and singer, Pat Flynn, uh, does an amazing job kind of putting emotion to punk lyrics and the drummer is fantastic. I don't know. So they got a new album. It's coming out in May and they released a new single and I've been Mm. listening to it basically nonstop for the last like three days. Nice. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. That sounds really good. I love Fiddlehead, man. They're so good. If they existed, I'm looking forward to you. You have to give me like a punk album in the next homework so I can kind of catch up and be in the right yeah. head, headspace. Um, and next is a, a very recent release from a Florida folk punk 
uh, screamo act. Um, they are called Home Is Where, and the album's called I Became Birds. <laughs> I'd never heard of them before. I was just kind of going through stuff. Um, mm. This is a blistering six-song EP. It's about 19 minutes. Um, yeah, if you don't know, folk punk is a weird subgenre where you kind of take like the instrumentation of like a neutral milk hotel and then like the manicness behind it and then ramp that up to a number of degrees. <laughs> so th- this definitely King of Carrot Flowers part two. Yeah, but like fa- part three. faster and yeah. less sensible. Okay. Um yeah. That sounds up my alley. I could dig that. <laughs> so this album definitely kind of emulates that emotion. Um yeah, it's kind of I don't know. It, it reminded me a little bit of uh bands like AJJ and that kind of stuff. But it's it's very good. I have listened to this little EP a number of times. Um nice. And then third and last, uh an album by a band called Big Nothing. It was called Chris. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like so nineties. Oh my goodness. It's like nostalgia punk, dude. It's kind of like the replacements yeah. or the weaker thans. I don't know if you know either of those bands. Um, I know of them, but I, I have not been into punk as much as you. So yeah. I apologize. It kind of has it like alt country kind of, but faster vibes to okay. it. Um, lots of harmonies. Lots of straight up and down verses, that kind of stuff. But it's a lot of fun. And mm-hmm. I was surprised by how well this album was put together, actually. Because I was just kind of going through, like, uh, what's been released on Bandcamp in the punk section for the last, like, year, basically. And this came up, and I was like, oh, this is actually pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. So I was surprised by how fun Chris was. <laughs> I was on the train one morning and you like, that was when I found soccer mummy and you were just texting me like band after band <laughs> after band after band. I was like trying to like, okay, switch back to band. Okay. Wait. Okay. That's interesting. Oh, another one. Check out that one. Yeah. I may have delved through quite a few in the last week and a bit. Um, so that's a focus up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those, nice. those are, those are some of the, some of the punk that has, uh, floated to the top of my listening for the last little week. Yeah, nice. that's me. Thank you for listening to episode 25 of what we're listening to. As Josh said, it's our quarter century Woo! and we're actually coming up close to our one year anniversary of the podcast. There you go, Josh. Oh, Amazing. Oh, uh, yeah. So we, um, yeah, thanks so much for listening and we hope that you enjoyed and found some really interesting stuff. Um, please check us out on socials. Um, make sure you delve deep into the, um, the, the notes on each episode too. Um, we try and like put as much as we can in there to check out. And maybe it's a bit of a content overload, but maybe you'll find something really cool and love it. Um, check us out on socials. Tweet us around. Uh, check us on Facebook and Instagram. And um, I haven't checked the reviews lately, but if you feel like leaving a review on um, Apple Podcasts, that would be really lovely. Mm helps us to kind of get moved up the ladder you know i get those chartable emails each week oh really uh, and it'd be nice to kind of be a little bit higher in the ladder jokes um but yeah it's just a nice chance for us to get shared around so if you enjoyed the show and you think someone else is a bit music uh, nerdy too you can share this episode with them or others so thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next time see you later josh bye
you, man. <laughs>